Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Three Bonus Points Podcast with George Osborne and Ryan King. Hello and welcome to the Three Bonus Points Podcast, a brand new fantasy football podcast all set for the 2017-18 Premier League season. My name is Ryan Keeney and he is George Osborne. Hello everyone. Hi George, how are you? I'm okay, thank you very much. I'm, I'm pretty excited now to be totally honest. It's so close to the start of the season and it's so close to the start of the fantasy season I, I can almost feel it are you uh, all set for game week one or are you likely to tinker between now and the deadline on friday evening i think i'm pretty much all set but i also do have a feeling that i may do one last little bit of tinkering before we hit that deadline yeah i have been in and, and messed around on my team twice so far today i'm hoping to just give myself a day off tomorrow and then have a final just once over about six o'clock on Friday. I think is my plan. Yeah, I've um, I, yeah, I've got, I've done a very similar thing. I was changing it on the train on the way back, which is always a risky thing to do. Yeah, I I always worry that I'll I'll change it too much and go completely in the wrong direction. But mm. we can talk more on that later. Um, it is of course the first proper show of the season. We've had our, our pre-season. That's all finished and done with. All of the major transfers have been more or less confirmed. Although there's probably enough time for a couple of deals to really scupper fantasy football. Planned, and it is time for the football and more importantly it is time for the fantasy football point scoring to begin later in the show we'll have details actually of a, an exciting competition we're going to be running on our fantasy premier league mini league with thanks to Ockley books but first we're going to get down to the business of fpl over the next 38 game weeks we're going to be here to guide you through the season well in truth george is going to do the navigation i'll basically steer the ship chipping in from time to time and first things first how do you line up for game week one george tell us about your team well, uh, as you mentioned, we've been doing a fair bit of tinkering, and I've now tinkered it to within an inch of my life, and I think <laughs> I'm, I think I've finally gotten there. So, okay, I, I think I'm nearly there, but I, I may make one or two more changes. So, at the moment, the starting eleven: Pickford um, between sticks. Uh, I've got Holding from Arsenal, Stevens from Southampton, Carl Walker, Craig Dawson, um, Kevin De Bruyne, obviously from City, Deli Ali, Spurs. 
Salah from Liverpool. They've got Lukaku captains. Um, I've then got Chicharito in and I've got Gabbiadini. And in terms of my subs, I've got Begovic. I've currently got Atsu from Newcastle, Fraser from Bournemouth, and I've got Charlie Taylor at the moment. Well, we've got very different teams. I think the, the only two players we might have in common are Walker and Lukaku, which is interesting. Interesting. So I've got uh, Wayne Hennessy in goal at the moment, who I think should start the season reasonably well. Um, and Matt Ryan as my backup keeper, but because he plays Man City on the open weekend, he's not involved. Um, back three of Kyle Walker, Ryan Bertrand from Southampton, and Charlie Daniel from Bournemouth, um, with Ben Mee and Hunemeyer from Brighton as the, the two subs. Uh, five in midfield, all set to start. Uh, James Ward Prowse and Ruben Loftus Cheek as, as two kind of cheap gets, and then Christian Eriksen, Mo Salah, and Kevin De Bruyne. Um, oh, I think we've, we've got to point it. And then up front, mm-hmm. uh, Gabriel Jesus and Romelu Lukaku with Mitrovic sitting on the bench, not expected to do too much. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I know that you've said there that we've not necessarily got that much in common. But what, what's quite interesting is I think there's a few little common threads that we might mm-hmm. have gone in slightly different directions. So um, Bertrand, for example, you know, obviously you've got the Southampton defensive pick there. I went for mm-hmm. Stevens, Southampton defensive pick. Um, I was very strongly tempted, and I, I may still even go back for James Ward-Prowse as well, because I think he looks like a potential. I, I don't know. I mean, last season he perhaps didn't deliver as much as I'd expected, but, you know, I, I think he's within there. I think where we most differ seems to be in terms of those, those frontline picks, but... Again, I can also completely see where you've been coming from with those things. So it, 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 there are similarities. And even though we have gone in slightly different directions, I think we've kind of opted for similar sorts of players. Yeah, I think they're very much a one or the other um, kind of pick. I did play around with the possibility of a front three of Lukaku, Lacazette and Jesus. Yeah. But I thought it left me a little bit too light elsewhere in the side that I had to sacrifice Lacazette. But yeah. Well, I, I was I was talking with someone earlier today about that and saying last season it was obviously the midfielders who really dominated in fantasy football. I think the top three were all midfielders um, with Harry Kane tied in third. And then I think it was seven out of ten of the top scorers last year, I think, came from the midfield or it, mm. it was something along those lines. Whereas this season, because obviously Sanchez, you know, no one's really sure what's going on with him in terms of both his, his current fitness, in terms of where he's going to be. Hazard obviously is injured. Um, one of the top players, in fact, two of the top players, uh, Roberto Firmino and, and Josh King from midfield last year, have been reclassified as forwards. And with Lukaku obviously moving to Manchester United, Lacazette, Harry Kane's scoring record at the end of last se- season being utterly absurd, um, and Gabriel Hayes in, I think a front-heavy FPL season, I think I think it's coming on. So I, I, I'm not at all surprised to see you try and get those players in. But yeah. there are a few little differences, though, I did notice in terms, terms of our picks. Um, one of which was I managed to squeeze in a West Brom player, um, Craig Dawson. Um, the reason why I've managed to go that way is I had a quick look at um, a fixture ticker just to analyse who's got the trickiest starts or who's got the best starts this season. Southampton, I think, most of us are aware have got a really good start to the season but West Brom they've got the second best start of the season according to to most fixture tracking tools which means I think it's quite a good opportunity to potentially bring in one of those goal scoring centre backs from last year and with McCauley out I think Dawson's likely to start and he got four goals last season from set pieces so uh, I'm kind of hoping to to nab something a little bit there and then in terms of um Striking options, you know, I know that obviously I ended up going for Gabbiadini. Gabbiadini betrayed me towards the end of last year, so I'm very <laughs> surprised that I've gone for him. 
but he's been scoring a large number of goals in pre-season. Um, he's still rated pretty cheaply, around about seven million, and with Southampton having the best start, I think he's. I, I think he's potential uh, in, in terms of scoring. I think his potential looks really, really solid, and I think he may even be an outside captain's pick for anyone feeling particularly brave for this starting weekend. Oh yes, I mean, I think that that kind of brings on to a second point where I want to talk about the games that we've got this weekend and how <clears throat> how specific have you been with kind of the upcoming fixtures and and maybe even game week one and, and is there anybody you plan to kind of transfer out within a month that actually you don't see as a long term and and Southampton hosting Swansea is a, a nice opening fixture and and then as we we talked about I think on the previous two um, previous shows is that. They really have got a nice run of fixtures. Other than Manchester United at home through the middle of September, their opening ten game weeks are all matches that you could you could see them picking up points in. Really, yeah. I mean, I've tried my best to bring in players from sides who I think are actually going to have a relatively kind start to the season. The only exception I've really got at the moment is Pickford in goal, but then I've I've part of me is thinking about moving him on and actually starting with someone else at the start of the season or he's going to be my first transfer so I'm going to actually take him out for the following four fixtures because I'm not too sure about how solid defensively Everton are going to be as a result of that mm-hmm. um, but in terms of I mean there is just the general problem that I find that game week one is probably one of the most difficult game weeks of the season um, simply because I know that we've got pre-season form to look at. I know we can have our hunches about how things are going to go. But realistically, until that first game is played, it's just very, very difficult to know precisely what to do. So I've tried to bring in some players who I think have gotten track record in the league. And I think what I'm going to essentially do is allow myself a bit of freedom to potentially make a few transfers in the coming weeks, if necessary, to adapt to, you know, the vagaries of the early season form. Hmm. I mean, a lot of people, as you kind of mentioned with the front-heavy teams, a lot of people are expecting or assuming Lacazette, Lukaku in particular, are going to hit the ground running with with home games to start. Um, do you do you think you'll give them a like, especially Lukaku's in your side? How many weeks would you give him without scoring, or is he very much somebody that you think is just going to be there through thirty-eight weeks because he will get twenty-something goals? I think, so last season we saw it a little bit with Sergio Aguero um, and even to a lesser extent with Diego Costa, but certainly with Sergio Aguero, where after City's blistering start to the season, um, I think he failed to record for one or two weeks and it, it was quite obvious that managers were being very active in the transfer market and were willing to whip him out of the team straight away simply because he cost so much money. And the amount of, and, and, and to be totally honest, if there's a player out of form who's costing you above at least 10.5 million, maybe towards the 11, and that value hasn't been gained in terms of the transfer market, you know, in terms of his value increasing as a result of transfers, you've really got to be thinking about what could I be better spending that money on? Because otherwise, what ends up happening is you end up sticking with potentially over 10% of your budget in a player who's not informed. So my general feeling is that if a player goes on a run of one or two games without a goal and it doesn't look like they are going to be getting off that run anytime soon, you know, say for example, Lukaku blanked in two home fixtures and then had to follow it up with a away trip to Chelsea or whatever it was, that would be for me a prime candidate for a transfer, especially with the richness of options across the front lines in, in all of the Premier League sides. So I'd say... Lacazette and Lukaku, 
there are really strong reasons why you want them in their sides in in your sides in the opening weeks i think they've both got very strong potential to be scoring i think they've both got strong potential to be potential opening game week captains but i think if they are not performing for you don't feel you've got that loyalty that to them feel free to just ditch them if the opportunity presents themselves and they're out of form yeah i think that's the the key thing there are options out there you don't have to be loyal there's there's going to be five or six strikers that everybody fancies to get 20 goals this season so you, you aren't going to be missing out I think in previous years there's always been two or three that have been regular goal scorers and you've had to basically have one of them to be competitive or, or that's the impression I've always got yeah um, do you looking at the fixtures do you think there's any matches where a four or five nil could happen that <clears throat> I think back to to meet you and, and obviously Swansea and they kind of started the season like incredibly well in that opening game week do you think there's a, a chance for a I don't want to say a wild card a captain pick but a, a kind of on you mentioned Gabby Adini and, and a kind of adventurous captain's pick rather than maybe going Lukaku or Lacazette sure I uh, in terms of interesting captain's picks that might I mean, it might tickle your fancy. I think Crystal Palace at home against Huddersfield. Um, I think Wilfred Zaha is actually a potentially interesting captain's pick. I know that he's had a good preseason. I think uh, De Boer's new lineup for Palace means that he's going to be pushed a little further forwards and be a little less responsible for the defensive side of the game, which I think means that he's going to be delivering potentially better returns. And I know that Huddersfield have one of the worst defensive records of the teams in the top half in the championship last season. So, you know, for example, as well, in their last preseason match against Torino, they conceded two. So... It's very possible that Zaha will be able to perform well in that fixture. As for other outside captain picks, it's honestly it's very difficult to look beyond Lukaku at Manchester United um, for obvious reasons against West Ham. It's also quite difficult to look beyond potentially risking it on a City player. But if I was going to say a player who you might want to captain to get yourself a differential, I'd look at Raheem Sterling. Um, he's scored, I think, in his last three games in preseason, and I think with that kind of form, he's probably likely to start. And considering City in the last three preseason matches have scored ten, and that's against West Ham, Spurs, and Real Madrid away at Brighton, I think that there's got to be the potential there for someone to to go and score big. I'm just doing a- hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A secret of fist pump as I am... I captain Gabriel Jesus for the weekend, so that would be nice. I mean, I look at that um, Man City away at Brighton, and it's either going to finish in a scrappy 1-0 where Matt Ryan has the game of his life and, and gets all the bonus points for pulling off a, a string of saves, or City are going to romp to a 4-0, and everybody's going to get in the act, and there will be goals and assists aplenty, basically. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is interesting. Now, who, who wanted to talk about the players that have just missed out that say... You well, in fact, I was going to say George Osborne. Let's talk about your budget. Um, <laughs> if you had one hundred and one million or one hundred two, so you're allowed to just go a little bit beyond, 
and could have included one more player that you've you've missed out on because your constraints were anywhere else. Who is that that by? It's a really difficult question. I, I was mulling this over when I was making my changes on the train, thinking what would I do differently. I think with if I say had an extra two million, I think I would almost certainly have been trying to front load at least two strikers into the team who are featuring from the top sides. So I would have been looking probably towards Lacazette and Lukaku for this weekend. And I think I would have been saying, well, the extra couple of million I've got wouldn't necessarily get me right there. Uh, I'm just having a quick look again at those strikers and those prices. I think I would have had to have changed one of Chicharito or Gabbiadini, but I think probably what I would have done is Lukaku, Lacazette. And then I probably would have gone for Tammy Abraham. Um, because he scored on his home debut for Swansea. And even though I think he might have a bit of a tricky time away at Southampton, I think he's very likely to start, so he could be an interesting option there. Otherwise, if I maybe had an extra couple of million, I think I might look into that midfield and see if I could replace one of my options off the bench with probably Zaha. I think it would have been trying to drop someone like uh, Fraser or Atsu um, and switching them for Zaha to try and get the, that extra little bit of value there. So those are the options that I would have gone for. But, but where were you thinking? Uh, I would like another million and I would get it, put it on Hector Bellerin. Um, that, yeah, I'd, I, Hector Bellerin or uh, another two million and I'd have Marcus Alonso. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, I worry that I'm missing out by not having any Chelsea or Arsenal players in this squad. Uh, particularly defenders, and and I always, I've always liked to just have a spread of defenders from the top teams that will get consistent clean sheets, and and if I can get three defenders having a clean sheet every weekend, that is is where I'm aiming. Um, yeah. Ideally, full backs because they might chip in with the odd assist and everything. But yeah, I, they, that is where I would like more money. I've um I've gone for it. I've got I've with Jesus and Lukaku. I have admittedly spent twenty two million of my so a fifth of my budget on two players up front. Um, and then a midfield three of Salah, Eriksen and, and De Bruyne who are all and nine million and above. So I've been a little bit greedy there um, and, and obviously I had to pay for it with slightly cheaper options in defence. Um, but yeah, so I'd like a, a little bit more for those two, the mm-hmm. full-backs in particular. I, I think full-backs in this year's game, I think particularly when you look at the top players, you see almost every single big-name defender or fullback is it's over the six million mark so mm. it is an expensive investment to bring in in players and I know that I struggled to to fit Walker in um, I li- literally ended up fitting in Walker earlier today simply as a result of listening to another podcast the Totally Football Podcast in which James Horncast was saying that the addition of City's <coughs> attacking fullbacks seems to have changed their prospects quite a bit but you can still get a little bit of value there I know that John Stones is is under six million and I think he scored twice in preseason so there, there is a little bit of interesting value there um, and then I think the other side of it is the question about how much money you want to spend versus the return that you're going to actually get for it so for example last season Marcus Alonso was obviously really competitively priced this season he sits at a stonking seven million which makes him incredibly expensive for a defender now I know as well like when you're looking at the the most popular players in FPL every year David Gea sits in about sort of third or fourth and at about 5.5 million he's the most expensive goalkeeper now the question that I think I, I always pose to myself is and compared to another relatively high-scoring 4.5 million goalkeeper, how many more points per season do I honestly think that David Gea is going to get? And the answer is 
he may get 10 or 20 because of the number of points that a goalkeeper is likely to score over the course of a season, which means you're essentially potentially investing an extra million quid over the course of the year, a million quid of your budget, 1% of it, to get a return of less than a point a game. So I think one of the things when you're looking at those centre-backs and looking at those defenders from the likes of Chelsea, City, Spurs, even Arsenal... Um, and Man United as well, actually. Valencia is, is pricey too. I can mm. completely understand why you want to get them into your side. And I think it's a really good idea to try and make sure that you can get at least one of them in. But I think if you can go hunting for that value elsewhere, then people who might sit on those really expensive defenders over the course of the season, they may regret the fact that they have two million locked up in defenders when you perhaps might be wanting to take an extra two million and say invest it in a striker further down the line. So what you're saying is I'm right to have gone for cheap options in defence. That's what I'm taking from that. Well, I've generally favoured cheaper options. I'm always a big fan of hunting for teams who love a clean sheet or who are a little bit more defensive. I had a very good time with Ben Gibson. I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast Mm. from from Middlesbrough last year. Um, And he was cheap. And he scored points regularly. And he admittedly, he didn't score points as regularly as the, the big-name picks. But then it did leave me that extra money so that I could invest in strikers at the other end of the of proceedings. Good. I mean, in a perfect world, the price will rise on a couple of my players and I'll be able to sell them at a profit and bring in um, slightly more expensive players. Exactly. But, yeah, you've, you've, yeah, I'm feeling better about my decision there to front Ludwig. Thanks, that. Thanks, George. That's Appreciate all right. It. That's fine. Um, Everyone seems to have captained Lukaku or Lacazette, depending on who they have in the side. That seems smart, right? Or is that where you're going to go with one of your with Lukaku or, or one of your forwards? Well, there is. So there's a bit of an interesting historic bias, I think, towards Manchester United players in, in fantasy Premier League. I think because the game is played quite widely around the world and. Um, I was once on an episode of the official Fancy Premier League show and we had a lot of people um, emailing in and sending in questions from places like Sri Lanka, Pakistan, the kind of places where the Manchester United fan base, I think, is going to be a little more established, shall we say, than others. And so Lukaku's ownership is pretty much 50%. So nearly everyone, every other player has Lukaku in their side. So essentially, it's like flipping a coin, the captaincy at the moment, is that if you captain Lukaku... um, well, it's not really like flipping a coin, actually, because there's a few more options that can come out of it. But if you are captaining Lukaku, then you know that as long as he scores, then there's going to be a hell of a lot of you celebrating it. But equally, if you're completely missing him out of the team or you're not captaining him, you are taking a bit of a risk at home against West Ham. So this week, just for safety purposes, I've decided to go for the captaining him there. But I do think Lacazette is a perfectly decent option. I think that match against Leicester seems like a perfectly reasonable chance for goals. I also think, I mean, I know I tipped Gabbiadini a little bit earlier. I think he's one to consider. Um, uh, he's let me down, um, and particularly towards the end of last season, game week 37, he was part of a ruinous selection that saw me drop from just outside the top 10K to about 70,000 about a week before the end of the season. So I still have problems with him for that. But in terms of his preseason form and in terms of the fixture, I think he looks like he could be a potential outsider's choice. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. Would you think about a goalkeeper uh, at this stage? Like, uh, I know goalkeepers aren't particularly popular captain options, but an opening day clean sheet? I think unless you can predict which goalkeeper is going to have potentially a penalty and saving a penalty, they're never going to score. I mean, a good haul for a goalkeeper is about... 
10 points each week, you know, because you will get two for the appearance, four for the clean sheet, potentially a save point or two for, you know, making three to six saves. And then if you've performed that well, you may be on course for two or three bonus points. So you're talking about a goalkeeper's potential haul being about 11, maybe moving up towards 15 or or 16 odd if they save a penalty. Um, whereas with a striker or particularly with a midfielder, um, you've obviously got the potential for them to score multiple times, uh, particularly on things like the opening day of the season where, um, you know, teams aren't fully, essentially teams aren't familiar with one another. You may well have one of those games, like you say, like a bit of a 4-0 or a 5-0 that comes out of nowhere, at which point if it's a midfielder, say, for example, Salah, who is going, I think, you know, he's, he's going away from home for his first fixture. If he comes away with two goals, and an assist, you know, instantly he's going to be exceeding the haul of pretty much every single goalkeeper for most weeks. So I'd always think look towards your midfield and look towards your strikers for captaincy. Um, and I think particularly this week, and especially as it's the first week, slow and steady wins the race. So don't worry about doing anything too radical unless you're particularly mad. Fair enough. That's quite wise. I, th- I did see... Somebody, I think last season, accidentally triple captained a goalkeeper, but it happened to be on a week when they saved <laughs> a penalty. Um, they, I think they were their vice captain. The captain didn't play, and, and suddenly they picked up a cool 35, 40 points, which was nice. Very but, nice. Yeah, not something you planned for, really. Um, not something at all. Uh, finally, um, for, for the, show, the chips, um, so the kind of the boosts so or the, the bonuses so the bench boost well free hit doesn't really apply on, on week one or triple captain would you ever be tempted by a game week one flutter on those well no to be really honest <laughs> um I, I think it's about keeping your powder as dry as possible for later in the season you, you i don't think you want to be i mean I, I know the old cliches about the season uh going on and about how long the season lasts but what I would be saying is, as with the main Premier League season and in terms of your FPL season, it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. So don't go out too early. But if you wanted to try something risky, um, I do know some people who are considering a free hit to give themselves a completely free selection for the first week. So you can consider that, but I think it's a little bit mad. Hmm. One of my um, one of my favourite stories is... Uh... Friend of a friend played his triple captain not in in game week one but played it in like game week three or four. Um, in there he was in a work league for a little bit of money, not not a particular amount, but wanted to basically break the spirit of his colleagues and wanted to get people to drop out early. So went for the triple captain, got into a nice fifty sixty point lead at the top of the table and to try and just break the wills of, of those around them. So if you're in a particularly um, <clears throat> particularly competitive private league, then by all means. Um, that might be an option. But yeah. As George said, it will then kind of ruin your options for the end of the season or those uh, valuable double game weeks that, yeah. that come later. Or you could do it if you think you're in with a chance of winning a prize in one of your mini leagues. Ah, what a lovely little segue you've got there. Oh, thank you. Uh, because speaking of prizes, we have a little competition uh, that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Oakley Books, uh, a Yorkshire-based sports book publisher, 
um, and friends of ours, has given us uh, three prizes to give away in our mini-league. And we're going to do it in the opening seven game weeks of the season. So this is for anybody that can get off to a sprint start um, and, and really kind of do well. Whoever is in the top three places of our mini-league um, on the Fantasy Premier League website between now and the end of September, um, so game week seven finishes on October the 1st, so we'll, we'll take that as a cut-off, um, will win their choice of book from Ockley. Uh, there is one condition on that. You can't pick Daniel Story's Portrait of an Icon book because all the proceeds from that book are going to charity. So we'd recommend you buy that anyway. But everything else will be fair game um, and we'll contact the winners at the time. So if you haven't, uh, please do get signed up to our FPL Mini League. You can find the codes on all of our social media channels. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram uh, with the username 3 bonus points. That's the number 3 bonus PTS. Um, where you can get in touch with us, uh, give you any comments, tell us how much you like or dislike the show, um, and also be in with a chance of, of winning a free book. Um, if you want to get in touch with the if you want to get in touch with the show via email, you can. Um, it's show at threebonuspoints dot com uh, with any queries, questions, or suggestions um, for upcoming shows. Until next week, when I'll no doubt be thinking about using my wildcard already, and game week one goes terribly. Thank you and goodbye. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.